It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Various teams started in the ACC looking through that league, and he said, Bill, I've looked out west some too. Started with Colorado and Stanford, also Boston College. Now, that's back east, obviously. Looked at Cal and also Arizona. Oh, oh, while we're at it. Nothing new. Just lots of rumors about the Big 12 poaching the Pac-12. But nothing new there at all. Apparently, George Klavikov is not going to speak as commissioner at the Pac-12 basketball tournament because he probably knows what everybody wants to talk about, and he doesn't want to talk about it. And I don't blame him. He inherited this. I'm not trying to bash him right now. Blake Rafino. Down in the boot, top of hour number two. That is the agenda today. That's what we're looking at on this Wednesday edition, 615-844-5600. On Twitter, at Bill is King. And you can email the show, BillIsKing7 at gmail.com. Welcome in. Watched basketball tournament play, had some of that on, lots of it. It's a, it's a fun time. Mar- March is a very energetic, exciting time. You have March conference tournaments, NCAA just around the corner. That's w- wonderful. That's fun. That's still fun. Love it. And had a lot of baseball on, too. Yeah, had a bunch of baseball on watching it, and uh, – that was exciting. Oh, for you Tony Vols haters, there's a lot of them out there. They lost. Boston College came down here to Rocky Top. Of course, I'm three hours. What would that be? West of Rocky Top. I'm in the 615, but came down to Rocky Top and won in extra innings 7-6. to six. This Tennessee baseball team is not a contender. Not in its current form. 
I understand baseball can change and teams can get hot and all of those adages. Possibly so. This team doesn't hit the ball. This team can't run bases. This team is not disciplined. No way. This team is not a contender. Something dramatic would have to change. Now, it still has really good pitching. Maybe not as good depth-wise as they think they are, but they're starting. Their top-end pitching's good. It's as good as anybody's. They don't hit the ball well. They don't hit the ball consistently. They have veterans that aren't doing much, and they are terrible. They are little league level when it comes to running the bases. They are. Have you coached an 8U team yet or a 10U team? Never been. <laughs> you ever been the third base coach or the first base coach on a 10U team? Huh? That's what this base running looks like for for Rocky Top right now. It is not good. It's no reason to go into it because we're predominantly football. But if you watch some of that game last night against Boston College, this is how inept they are. They've got a man on third, no outs to win the game, and they can't get it done. They can't get it done. Boston College gambled, did everything to get out of that inning. It worked. Tennessee goes home with a loss. It, it's, <laughs> it is not good right now. They're 11-3, and three, but the 11, none of those are against quality opponents that I know of. It is, it's, lots got to, this is not yesterday's Tony Vols team. This is not. Big issues that have to be rectified. Yeah, Tom now, Tom had a good time. Tom was on the campus in Myrtle Beach, Coastal Carolina, that he has helped build. And he was at the baseball game. Wake Forest, a contender. Probably Johnny Vegas's favorite team this year, other than, well, he's from Vegas originally, by way of California, but but loves UNLV. But but he has told us, watch out, Wake's good. And Wake's ranked high anyways. But at Coastal Carolina, I had that game on because it was started my time at three. And uh, Coastal Carolina got a big lead. Wake Forest came back. We thought that Coastal would run out of pitching, which they kind of did, and Wake would overtake them. That did not happen. Coastal Carolina, in a high-scoring game, won that game in lovely Myrtle Beach, South Kakalaki. He was there. He was there having a good time with his family at that game. And uh, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, very, very fun game to watch. Brett Ciancia coming up. Yeah. And about... 10 minutes, pick six previews. If you have any questions, he is kind of perusing right now the end of the ACC. I don't mean like the end, even though there are some hoping for the end of the ACC. Florida State would like that and Clemson, but I just mean through his studies, the end portion of his studies in that league for football coming up. And he's also dabbling out west some. But if you have any others, we can – Get into that. Did you see there was an interview with Nick Saban 
the greatest ever to do it. And he said something's got to give with name, image, likeness. Now, this is not an original thought, and I don't think Nick meant it to sound like an original thought, but he said something's got to change. Now, shocking these words, and I'm just paraphrasing. He said something's got to happen. I like name, image, likeness. I think players ought to get paid. Of course, as a coach, you have to say that. You cannot be on the other end of that and then go out and recruit. You have to say that. And I I do believe he probably is on that trajectory. He believes that. I don't believe it, but he believes it. But he said this has just changed into play for pay. Uh, You think? Now, not, not a new revelation to him or anybody else, but he said players are just picking now based on where's the most money, you think? But when when this changed in July of 21, oh, I'm sure everybody thought, I'm sure the brilliant people, you got to remember, the people in Indianapolis that run the NCAA, they also claim they're the smartest people in the world, or at least they act like, and they're not. They're incompetent. Now, they felt like they had no choice because of the court case. I got you there, but the policing of it, they could do. They don't do. Yeah, they may go get Tony Balls because they didn't have Maui Ahuna's grades shipped in yet, his transcript. Or they may go get Bruce because of weenies on the smoker. Something like that. Yeah, they may go down to Miami. That lawyer's down there dabbling. They may go get them for something. But, no, they're not policing this at all. And Nick said, yeah, it's it's troubling because we have players now choosing, picking because of the most money. You think? Yeah, you think? And it's not going to change. Now, if you're Nick Saban, you're Alabama, you're getting really good players still. That hasn't changed. And this last class you just brought in was the consensus overwhelming number one ranked class. That's good. But, frankly, Alabama has not been developing their talent like you would think they would with all the national championships they have. And... uh, They're not tough. Once they went to the let's score 50, they lost their physicality. And I've watched this for centuries. I've watched this for many decades. Once you decide, let's just do the score 50 thing, it's hard to stay physical when you're doing that. It's hard. And it'll be interesting to see this year when they line back up and not some spring practice, when they line back up and see what it looks like. Tommy Reese comes from let's get physical, okay? Now, Notre Dame doesn't have the talent Alabama will have and has, but that's where he comes from. That will be interesting, him running that offense. I think that's a solid hire. I think it is. Noel Kev said, Bill, I heard that Vanderbilt tipped the NCAA about Tony Vols and Maui Ahuna. 
there's rumors about that might be right. I mean, at the end of the story, Tennessee's just not playing well. They don't hit it well other than a couple players. They're not consistent. They have veterans that they're trying to play that are not delivering. And I would say if I'm a young guy on that roster right now, I'm pretty ticked off. You got some guys with talent, need some at-bats. How's it going to hurt you? Right now, you are not LSU this year. You can't score with Florida. You see, I mean, Florida, now Florida's got some pitching problems, particularly depth, but Florida hits the ball all over the planet. Vanderbilt is better. They hit it much better this year. Now, their pitching is still not where it needs to be top to bottom. Ole Miss is your defending national champion. Arkansas is a problem. This is going to be an interesting year. It's going to be an interesting year. Brett Ciancia, Big Six Previews. When we come back, Omni. Oh, we're going to be there Friday. Yeah, Kitchen Notes. It has been decided. We'll be in Kitchen Notes. Omni Nashville Hotel. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Golfers, tee it up at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the hottest new arrivals from TaylorMade. Featuring the Stealth 2 Woods and Irons, the new Stealth 2 Woods combines speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. And the new Stealth HD Irons deliver high launch with draw bias to give you the confidence to expect better shots more often. Swing into Edwin Watts Golf Shops and get custom fit today. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, unmatched expertise, unmatched service. Welcome to Smashville. Join us at Bridgestone Arena coming up Thursday, March 16th for St. Patrick's Day as your Nashville Predators take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Make sure you purchase the special St. Patty's Day pack. It's presented by Corner Pub and it's available now at NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. That's NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. The pack includes two tickets to the game, $20 in Nash cash, and $1 lucky one scotch ales at downtown Corner Pub starting at just $129. Let's go Preds. Fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the Multiplier Instant Games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the Multiplier Instant Games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, 
It's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. Set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit tnlottery.com. It's the McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Every weekday afternoon, 2 to 4, live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio, it's the McFarland Show. It's Darren. It's Justin. It's 50 years of Nashville Sports Radio coverage. A show that's genuine, it's real, it's fun, it's passionate. We welcome your phone calls, and we mean it. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Bill King is the mother 12th data point of college football. League, the P5 leagues, which, frankly, the way things are going, we really don't have a P5. We may have a P3 here in the future. We'll we'll see. But, anyways, that's not the point today. Brett, you've been looking at some of the remaining ACC teams, and then you're out west too, correct? Yeah, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling a little nostalgic here going through what might be my last Pac-12 preview. It feels weird. <laughs> Um, you know, I was getting nostalgic in the ACC now without the vision. So it's just a weird changing landscape. Um, but, yeah, I'm studying the Pac-12 a little bit right now and uh, kind of fitting with the lead-in music. Uh, you just played Crossroads for us um, by Eric Clapton Eric and Cream. Um, similar here, Colorado and Stanford, they're really at program crossroads here as they head into new eras, uh, new head coaches, uh, and a changing environment in college football. Georgia Dog says, ask Brett, why is Nick Saban upset with having three permanent opponents that he has dominated in the past? And and the projection, although the SEC has not confirmed this, is that Alabama's three permanent in a new nine-game league schedule, which will begin in 24, will be, of course, Auburn, but also Tennessee and LSU. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a tough trio. Um, when you look at their, I mean, that's a really brutal trio. When you look at their historic, you know, um, where, where those programs usually are, I know that they go through ups and downs. I mean, Auburn's a little bit down right now, and Tennessee was coming off of a rough decade. But look at their program histories over the long haul, because this ends up being the trio for 10, 20 years. Alabama has a huge disadvantage for them um, when there's other teams out there like a, like a Vandy that they could draw. So, um, yeah, and with Alabama, not only is that a, a tough trio, but more times than not, they're going to be probably in that SEC title game and contending for playoffs. So it's just a, it's going to be a tough schedule for them every year. So um, there's, I guess there's no perfect way to do it. 
Uh, you want to keep as much history and rivalry together. It just so happens that they got stuck with their three toughest opponents, it seems like. Using the term crossroads again, is Alabama somewhat at a crossroads in this capacity? National championship. Well, yeah, yeah, this is their biggest threat um, on a dynasty level, uh, Georgia. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that Clemson had a special run there. Uh, they were elite defenses under Brent Venables. They had a great string of NFL quarterbacks. Uh, but when you look at the recruiting patterns, the transfer portal, and more importantly for me, the geography. Um, and, you know, I don't want to knock South Carolina high school football. I think that's a great state, too. But when you compare it to Georgia, it's just the, the number one hub of high school talent right now. It's booming in Georgia. So, when you look at what Kirby Smart is building, I think it's an even uh, notch higher than what Clemson built. Um, you know, they're they're recruiting right there with Alabama. They're uh, winning in the transfer portal, and they have the long-term geography to to back it because I don't think Georgia high school football is going anywhere. So uh, they also have a lack of in-state threats. I mean, Georgia Tech is a nice program, but they are not a when you think of Alabama, they're not an Auburn in the same state. Um, they're not a Florida, Florida State, Miami trio. I mean, it's Georgia's going to get whoever they want in that state every year. So I think that that's a bigger problem for Alabama long-term is the Georgia rise. And Georgia also, Brett, in its current form, is developing the players they get better than Alabama is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for a while there it was – Bama had the records for the recruiting classes and the NFL output, but the last two cycles, Georgia's NFL output's incredible. Uh, broke a lot of NFL records uh, for defenders last cycle, and when you think there might be a reloading season after losing 15 draft picks, they come back even stronger uh, as an overall team in 2022, undefeated defending champs uh, in a title game blowout. So, yeah, I agree with you. The, the player development's there. The schemes are there. So we're going we're gonna to see now um, – after a couple more years of this, if Kirby Smart can continue to rebuild a staff uh, like Alabama has, because Nick Saban has weathered the storm of coordinator change. So we'll see if Georgia, uh, and it's a good problem to have. That means they're doing something right. If they keep losing coordinators, we'll see how Kirby handles that, uh, that staff development. Let's just stay with that for a second. Are we at a crossroads with Ohio State as it pertains to the Michigan game and uh, – Ohio State's good enough this next year to be one of the two or three teams that could win a national championship. We don't have five that could win it, but a couple of teams. They're one of them. We know last year they were one of them. But can they afford a third straight Michigan loss? No matter what happens the rest of the schedule, can they drop another one? Yeah, they, they can, I don't think, because that would start to put a lot of heat on Ryan Day. Um, it's it's crazy when you compare to other programs. I mean, a coach as successful as him, you would never think hot seat. But uh, within the context of Ohio State, where it's championship or bust, it's Michigan or bust, um, you can't go three straight years losing to Michigan, especially with some of these top talent classes that they have and, and preseason projections. I know that sounds silly, but the expectations are, are, are higher there. So, um, yeah, and you saw how close they were this year. Um, yeah, that would be tough if they go three straight to Michigan, especially uh, given the talent they have on hand. So we'll see. And then, uh, you know, that also assumes that they're losing a third time to Michigan. It's also rare to lose that season finale and make the playoff. I know they pulled it off this year given the, the right circumstances, but generally you lose that Michigan game, you're knocked out of the Big Ten title and usually out of the playoffs. So 
if that's the case, if they were to lose to Michigan, not win the Big Ten, and miss the playoff again, then hot seat talks are coming. Husker Ron up in Ohio. Ask Brett, Matt Rule versus Dion. who is doing better in the offseason? Is there a way to judge that yet? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'm really excited for that matchup to come back, an old Big 8 and Big 12 rival there. Um, it'll be Dion's second game. Uh, and, of course, they open up with TCU. First home game for Dion, though. So that place is rocking. It's funny. Uh, their athletic director, Rick George, put out a statement saying, hey, do not sell your ticket to, to Nebraska people. We, we don't want any red in that stadium. We want to give Dion a big welcome. So we'll see if that holds up. But they're both doing great jobs. It's it's two completely different program strategies. I mean, first with Matt Rule, it seems like more of the traditional um, the staff is out there grinding. They're finding prospects. They want to you know, build it for the long term with program development, uh, player development, and um, just get you know, fundamentally sound football there. Uh, and that's the right move I think that they need right now. And then with Colorado, it's also the same move that they need. They need to put Colorado back on the map, and that's what Dion did. Uh, 45 prospects signed in 45 days, an incredible pace. And these are some five-star kids, four-stars. Uh, Colorado surged in the top 25 in recruiting and has the number one transfer class. So uh, really the best uh, roster overhaul uh, overnight right now. So, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating what's happening in Colorado. They're back on the map. Nebraska brought in, and I know you're not – what you do does not involve being some kind of recruiting guru guy, but Dylan Rayola is the top-rated player in the class of 24. He's in Phoenix. His dad, Dominic Rayola, very famous Nebraska offensive lineman, many years in the NFL as a star. And it looked like maybe they were leading a week or two ago after Georgia appeared to be leading and then after Ohio State had a commitment from him that didn't hold. Southern Cal just got a visit, and now the thinking is that's where he's leaning. That would be hurtful if they don't get him. He's a legacy, a superstar quarterback. Again, he's a top-ranked player in the class of 24 regardless of position, and he's a quarterback out of the Phoenix area. So that's another judgment call that we don't know the answer to yet involving Nebraska. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a huge. Um, that's huge. I saw that he was at a Nebraska basketball game, and the oh, entire yeah. you know 30,000-seat stadium was chanting his name and standing ovation. Uh, that's pretty humbling for a 17-year-old. I don't, I don't care what his star ranking is. That's pretty cool. So um, I think that was a, a testament to the fan base and kind of how he'll be loved there if he comes uh, comes home, so to speak. Uh, Georgia has the, obviously the dynasty going. They're the winning program right now. Uh, Ohio State has had the best offense over the last five years, if you average that out. And with USC, uh, Lincoln Riley has produced Heisman's NFL quarterbacks, and um, he proved we can do it at USC. So he's got four great options. Uh, of the four right now, Nebraska's probably the least proven on the field. But, um, you know, through his dad and, and through his legacy roots, he, he knows the history probably. So that would be a massive win. That would be a program changer for Matt Rule. Tom in Myrtle Beach. Bill asked Brett to give a review on Clemson. He says he thinks they're flying under the radar a little bit, maybe nationally. But they're coming off – winning the ACC again, so they recaptured that. He says it's weird how most so-called experts are talking about them right now. Yeah, well, I think with, with Clemson, um, there was some hesitation around the offense uh, coming into the offseason, and they really fixed that problem right away by hiring Garrett Riley from TCU. Uh, you saw what he was able to, to pull off with TCU's roster. 
Um, it's that high-flying, wide-open offense, similar to what his brother Lincoln runs uh, at Oklahoma and USC. So you bring that to Clemson, and now all of a sudden it's a complete team. Um, you know, the defense has always been there. It's just the offense collapsed in 2021 and last year to a degree. So, yeah, when you look forward to 2023, they're definitely a contender there with Florida State. I think those are the two front runners for me for the ACC before I do my deep dive research on those two programs. But, you know, at a, at a quick glance, those are the two. And Clemson really improved their shot by fixing the offensive coordinator spot. Mike the Mad Dog says, guys, if Georgia three-peats this season, can we then put to rest the talk of Kirby being in Nick's shadow? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it would just be different. Um, Alabama with Nick Saban and over the long haul, the last 15, 20 years, uh, is unprecedented with what they pulled off. But in terms of a three-peat, in terms of a best three-year run, yeah, that would cement Kirby Smart and Georgia up there. I'm trying to think of the last three-peat champ. I think you have to go back to the 1940s with Minnesota, something like that. It's It just doesn't happen when you're talking outright title three in a row. So uh, definitely not in the modern game. Nothing Alabama has pulled off. Um, so, yeah, it would just be different. I don't think you can compare the two. It's just Nick Saban's been doing it so long. And But Kirby Smart, that three-year run would be the best ever in modern history. Brett Ciancia with us, pick six previews. Brett, do you allow yourself any time to watch conference basketball tournaments? Yeah, I, I tune in a little bit. I, I really like the energy in March. Um, these conference yeah. tournaments have big finishes, especially this weekend with uh, some of the power conferences. I mean, even the weeknights, you turn on, there's usually a, a lower-level conference finishing up and um, with the, the big ticket on the line. So, yeah, it's exciting. And uh, you got Selection Sunday coming up. And then uh, the opening round is, I mean, those 48 hours on Thursday and Friday, the first, first round of the NCAA tournament, it's one of the best uh, 48 hours in sports. So I try and maximize that time and enjoy it. But, um, yeah, it's that time of year again. What is your schedule you're you're out west right now in your studies but how does it go the rest of these weeks yeah i'm I'm starting out just looking at programs that had coaching changes and coordinator changes i'm hopping around a little bit i did some in the acc i did some pac-12 i'm really just i can't wait to get the spring ball because um and usually they're staggered more the spring games but it looks like there's two weekends in april that have 90 percent of the power five spring games so uh, it's going to be quiet for a while, and then once mid-April hits, it's going to be tons of spring game footage. Uh, calls with head coaches and coordinators will heat up again. And then you have that transfer portal window. It's a little bit shorter this time around. I think it goes till May 15. Uh, once the May 15 hits, then lock and load for the, the first draft and final draft of the book. So um, it seems like a while away, but it's going to get here quick. and I, I can't wait. Yeah, the spring's going to be interesting. I'm not a big spring guy because through my years, most of those articles written are just lies or just filler stuff. But the quarterback battles that have been well chronicled everywhere, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Ohio State, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, I'm, I'm going to leave some out, obviously, going to be interesting the way those – and maybe this spring, Brett, we don't get any closure on those. Maybe it's August. Right, yeah, and you see some of that worked out in, in spring, and um, the result, uh, domino effect of that is you'll have backups and third stringers transfer, uh, and then the quarterback carousel heats up again, and they find that in fall camp they're battling in new places against new quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, you definitely see that in the spring games. You get to see new roster additions. You get to see a little bit of new scheme that was installed. Um, 
you know, so yeah, you can't take away too much from it, but uh, it's it's good reviews of the rosters halfway through the offseason. One note, Tom in Myrtle Beach says, I think Florida State Clemson, which is later in the season, will be bigger than Florida State LSU, which is that opener in Orlando. What do you think? Well, I think when you consider what's on the line, you have um, it's a rivalry. It's uh, kind of Florida State's return to really contending for an ACC title. You have the what would have been the Atlantic Division. I almost caught myself. It's, it's going to be a transition. But uh, you might have an overall ACC title berth on the line. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's um, At that point of the year, too, if, if, say, Florida State knocks off LSU, they could be running in there with uh, one loss or an undefeated record. So, yeah, that, that's one of the biggest games of the whole football calendar right there. Tell everybody what they need to do to get on your content. Yeah, thanks. It's pick6previews.com. It's an annual season preview book that comes out every July. Well at work again on the 2023 edition. Until then, at pick6previews on Twitter. Good stuff, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. There he is. Brett Ciancia. Pick 6 Previews each and every Wednesday. Blake Rafino, top of our two. We can find something to talk about down in the booth, can't we? Oh, yeah, there's, there's always something down there. Doesn't have to be a controversy, either. even though controversy is fun. It can be fun. Friday will be at the Omni. SEC tournament starts today at Bridgestone. We'll be there Friday, and yes, we'll be in Kitchen Notes. There was a chance that we'd move to the other side of the building. That's not going to happen. We're going to be in Kitchen Notes, where we always are. Looking forward to that on Friday. Hope to see you. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new law 
laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-785-9132. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more. And calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. The Jim Rome Show. I get a lot of vacation. I understand that. However, I don't take a lot of sick days. The, these things are not one and the same. That was not like I worked eight straight days or I worked Super Bowl Sunday. I think I'll give myself a day off. I earned it. And by the way, I could because I have those days. I pride myself in not taking sick days. I hate that. We usually grind through it. But honestly, it was the right thing. In that case, it was the right thing. The Jim Rome Show. Weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville's Sports Radio. Often imitated, never duplicated. Wordsmithing like a mofo on college football, it's Bill King. Basketball tournament is in the six one five starts today, and I enjoy March a lot. The basketball now, the overlap with baseball. Not that that's new, but my enjoyment level when it comes to that is big picture, relatively new. The Big Twelve, Pac twelve stare down that's happening right now is pretty funny because there is a little bit of payback going on. Even though many of the people involved were not involved back in the summer of 2010, we've got to stare down. We have a little payback because the back 12 back then was going to raid the big 12 and it was a legit threat. It was a legit possibility. There were some days where, the feeling was it's going to happen. That's how scary it got for, for some of those teams that would be left behind, like Lawrence, Kansas, like Waco, Texas, like Ames, Iowa, places like that. What are we going to do? What, what's our financial future going to be like? Well, it didn't happen, as we know. But it, it sure felt like it, and it was legit. It was not a bunch of rumors based on nothing. It was real. 
real time happening. And what they did is they calmed Texas down. The only way to get that to stop was to calm Texas down, which they did. ESPN giving them their own network, their own school TV station, the Longhorn Network, all of that, which is going to go away. It's been a colossal disaster as an entity, but it's been good extra money, 15 million bucks extra a year. Anyways, fast forward to now. The Big 12 has some stability. They've got a contract that's about to kick in, a new media deal. They got done. And Brett Yormark has done a good job as the relatively new commissioner. George Klavikov walks into a Pac-12 which was destroyed by Larry Scott. Yeah, I mean, he went scorched earth. And he's laughing all the way to the teller machine each day when he checks in at his bank or whatever. Now, the rumors, and again, I am not endorsing this as fact necessarily, but the rumors are that the Big 12 is going after what some call the four corners. Now, and that would be that would be of the Pac-12. That would be the Arizona schools and also Utah, Colorado. Yeah. That just the nickname there is the Four Corners. I don't don't necessarily now understand the Arizona Arizona State thing, but the others I don't. But but that's what the rumor is. The problem the Pac-12 has is they don't have a legit revenue possibility. At least it doesn't seem that way with the negotiations they're having, meaning a competitive media money situation flowing in, contract possibility. You could go with some big tech. You'll be further out of sight, out of mind, just streaming a lot of games. ESPN is in there, but ESPN has leverage, and the Pac-12 has no leverage. How how are you going to strong-arm ESPN if you're the Pac-12? What can you threaten them with when it comes to leverage? And the answer is you have absolutely nothing. You have nothing. You're begging. You're literally in a situation where you're having to beg. That's where the Pac-12 is. And... Let's say you do come up with, and I think they probably will, some kind of media agreement. It's going to be not enough, and if you are some of the more attractive teams that are left over, like Oregon and Washington, you're not going to agree to it. Don't sign that grant of rights. You're not obligated to. Then what do you do? Then what do you do? The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> there is no other step other than maybe the league imploding. Don't know if I think that happens, but it's a very scary situation. If you're out west right now and you give a rip. Comment from Sark. Got to remember, spring practice right now at Texas, you have Quinn Ewers, who they say, okay, you ready? 
has had a really good non-playing portion of the season today. And then you have Arch Manning there. And here's Sark. I'm not worried about who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. Quinn Ewers has an entire year head start, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. Tommy Myrtle Beach pulled that up. I think what will happen is you got to stay with yours, and if he's going to play his way out of that job, then let him do it. They're not going to give Arch Manning that job. They're going to let yours either keep it or play his way out of it. That's the only way to handle that game. You can't come out of there and say Arch Manning's won this job. You can't do it. Get into the games and let viewers either say, I've got it, I'm keeping it, or play his way out of it where there's no debate. Got to go with Arch. That's the easiest route here in this competition. Very simple. All right, we'll get the break. I'm in. Welcome to Smashville. Join us at Bridgestone Arena coming up Thursday, March 16th for St. Patrick's Day as your Nashville Predators take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Make sure you purchase the special St. Patty's Day pack. It's presented by Corner Pub and it's available now at NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. That's NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. The pack includes two tickets to the game, $20 in Nash cash, and $1 lucky one scotch ales at downtown Corner Pub starting at just $129. Let's go Preds! Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. I'm here at the Big Game Headquarters. Total Wine and More scoring huge savings on the perfect bourbon. Local craft beer. Forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Cabernet, seltzers, and so many low prices. Mm, Valentine's Day is right after. Whoa, new game plan. You got this. Total Wine can help you score the perfect bubbly, too. <sighs> Thank you. I would have been so... You sure would have. Your Big Game Headquarters. Love what you find always at the lowest price. Only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Milk, eggs, 42 bucks. Ma'am, you okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. 
For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I'm not saying like Derrick Henry is going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be able to tote the rock 330 times in a season. He did lose a half step. He was getting caught in that second level. And you saw the fumbling. That's what their plan is. We're just going to go in again on Derrick Henry and figure this out. It just seems like the definition of insanity to me. The Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch. With Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. Get in on the Bill King Show. He says, I would say they need at least $300 million. ACC is doomed unless it can renegotiate. Well, their current contract, that's up at the end of this next season. It's up after 23. So whatever they get begins in 24. Or let me let me make sure I've got that right. It either ends in twenty three or twenty four. It goes through twenty four. So check that. They've got two more years on their deal, the Pac twelve, and they're negotiating for the future right now, and getting low balled left and right. And East Coast Wave says I think they're going to need three hundred million, and that's per year. Right now, their deal is $250 million, and that's with Southern Cal and UCLA. Now, it's going to be without them after this next year, but it's with them. This current contract includes the grant of rights, including UCLA and USC. So I don't know how they're going to get more than 250 without Los Angeles, without USC and UCLA. And the constant rumor threat that the Big 12 is going to take some teams out of there too, and the Big 10 might well reach in there and take Washington and Oregon. Anytime they please, they can do this. The Big 10 knows that anytime they want, they can call. Washington and Oregon, and say, you're going to the prom with us. Anytime. Don't have to pick up the phone until you're ready. You can do it the night before the prom. You can do it the day of the prom. Doesn't matter. They know this. They may or may not act on it. No reason to act on it right now. Why? They've got everything. they got a billion-dollar-per-year deal without Oregon and Washington. No need to hurry up at all. Be nice for Oregon and Washington if they'd hurry up. 
And then you got the problem of a crappy new deal that maybe they come up with a Pac-12 and then getting people to sign the grant of rights. And if I'm Oregon and Washington, I'm not signing that. You are not going to own our branding, our media rights with this garbage deal. And it is well known that Oregon and Washington will take a lesser payout from the Big Ten. We do not have to get the same thing as Northwestern getting $80 million. Just a random example there. <laughs> no. Yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're Phil Knight, yeah. We, we don't need as much as Northwestern gets. That's pretty low level right there, right? <laughs> I mean, as much as I like Coach Fitz. And I do. Yeah, I big fan of Coach Fitz up there, but they're Oregon and Washington. You're telling the Chicago office, which has no commissioner right now, we'll take a lot less than Northwestern's gonna get. Just bring us on in there. <laughs> that's pretty desperate, right? I mean that's uh now, I've seen two different descriptions. They'll take less, but eventually get a full cut. Or we're just going to take less, period. So instead of getting 70 or 80 or whatever it's going to be, we can take uh, 45 to 50. How about 50? Let's round it off to 50. We'll do that. That's probably twice if not more than twice, what the Pac-12 is going to get in their new deal if they get anything in a new deal. Sam Dog. Bill, spring ball, don't forget, this is when next season's leadership emerges. What are your thoughts on leadership correlating with success? Well, good point. But leadership is very tricky, and he's talking about team members and the leadership. Leadership has to emerge. You can't assign it before it emerges. Some teams don't have it. You just don't have one or two, but you don't have that overwhelming presence of leadership. You can have a really good player. He's just not a guy that's going to stand up in front of the group and be the leader. It's just not his personality. You cannot make somebody have that in their DNA. It has to emerge organically. The best situation is when you have, obviously, lots of talent, but you have a recognized vocal leader. Maybe a couple of guys, but a recognized and the players respect it. And this guy holds people accountable. That's way better than when the coach has to do it. Any coach will tell you that. Nick Saban would tell you that. Kirby Smart would tell you that. Ryan Day would tell you that. It's much better when that locker room understands there's a dude in here and you do not cross him. And you better not disappoint him when it comes to the team. And you better play hard or he's going to hold you accountable. That's the best setup you can have. And lots of teams don't have that. 
because you can't make that happen. It has to organically happen. All right, Blake Rafino when we come back. Omni Nashville Hotel.